Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Welcome to our Romans Bible study here on a beautiful Thursday morning, nice and sunny and springy here in Queen City, Texas. And uh, good rain all night, and now it's sunny. Looks like we're into spring and looking forward to uh, changing the clocks. Uh, it says Sunday, or Saturday night rather, getting more uh, longer days here in the piney woods of Northeast Texas. If you're, if you're, uh, uh, Anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, I want to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 10 a.m. Sunday morning, 6.40 p.m. on Wednesday nights, where you can come and worship the Lord with us and uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ and learn of Him and the Scriptures and fellowship and, and be in good company. A congregation literally uh, learning to be in one mind, one spirit, and speak the same things, have our focus and our direction all toward Christ and, and studying the Word of God as it is truth in its righteous context, which means it's always about Jesus and what he did at Calvary in every chapter, every verse. It always ends up with that for the fruit to be able to be the true fruit of faith, which is always righteousness. And uh, so we're thankful for that. Today, we are still in Romans chapter 9. I say still in. We're still in the book of Romans. We just started chapter 9 last uh, Monday, this past Monday. Today is session 2 here on the 5th day of March 2020. And uh, we're just excited. We've had some great services here recently. The Lord is really ministering the word of truth to us here and I know that not only our people here are being affected greatly by the truth, but people all over the world, literally through YouTube and our website and my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and, and are being touched by the Lord through the great truths of Jesus Christ, uh, not hidden in the Word of God from us, but hidden there for us for those who are hungry can go and search for the treasure that God has laid for us there and the truths of his word concerning Christ and his sacrificial work. And I'm thankful for what God is saying and doing in the midst of a last day's remnant. Uh, those who still tremble at God's word, those who still know the answer for everything is going to be found in God's word. And it's always in the context of the one who became the living word for us, Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary so that that living word and the benefits thereof through faith might be imparted unto us. Without faith in the cross, there is no application of God's word by the Holy Spirit into our lives. Let me say that again. Without faith in the cross, there is no application of God's word by the Holy Spirit into our lives. The Holy Spirit does not just write the Word of God in our hearts. He writes the truth of God's Word in our hearts. Uh, anybody can quote the Bible. Uh, I say it like this and have for years. A monkey can carry a Bible around and a parrot can learn to quote Scripture, <clears throat> can be taught to quote Scripture, but it's only those who've been born again by the Spirit of God who can be being conformed to the very image of Christ by being made conformable unto his death. Hallelujah. If you've missed any of the last uh, two messages, three or four messages here at Crossway Church, please go avail yourself to them. And, uh, and uh, we're just so thankful for the truth that we're walking in, learning, and uh, uh, growing in a greater and greater picture of our precious Jesus each and every time we get together. We're thankful for that. But here in Romans chapter 9, we'll start in verse 6 today. 
and uh, what he's uh, talking about here is how heartbroken and grieved he is and a continual sorrow that the Apostle Paul has because of Israel having rejected Christ as a whole. Now, there were several people in and of Israel, the nation, the, the Abrahamic lineage, uh, you know, of the, the fleshly lineage of Abraham down through the years, Israel. Uh, the, 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 the nation that God began in Abraham. Uh, but as a whole, the, the, peop, the number of people that, that received Christ, even counting the day of Pentecost, 3,000 that day, and, and probably people after that. But as a whole, if all of Israel in that day could be seen while Jesus walked on this earth, the number of people that accepted him was minutely few, very few. It's always been that way, folks. It's 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 never been uh, any different. It's it's uh, I mean, uh, once we fell into sin, God brought the redemptive plan on the scene right there to Adam and Eve. The first two kids they had, one said yes, one said I won't have any part of it, and. Uh, and then all through the years, it's been a minute remnant that just carried this seed, carried this truth, carried this saving grace of God. And it's the same today. If you think about when God brought the, the, his numerous people out of Egypt after be, being there in bondage for a few hundred years, he brought them out by faith. Uh, in the blood that they had to put on their doorpost. So 50 days later, 5-0, 50 days later, they're erecting a golden calf like they're going to worship uh, the golden calf. and they're, or, or the, the best you could say they were going to try to worship God through the golden calf. God wouldn't have any part of it. Moses comes down the mountain. Now get this. Moses comes down the mountain. He said, who's on the Lord's side? And again, the point is the remnant here. Only the Levites came out of the whole nation that had been brought out of Egypt. Only the Levites came out. The other 11 tribes said, we're clinging to our golden calf. We're not letting go. Only the Levites came out. Now, I want you to get that, grasp that. Don't just let that fly by you. It will always be a remnant. It will always be a remnant. It's, it's a remnant today. A, a, a very minute remnant. Jesus said it would be this way. This way of salvation, this way to God would be so narrow that few there will be that find it. And I know us Americans, we like to think about, well, uh, that the, uh, you know, most of the Christians are here. And, and that's talking about all the other nations. On every, no, God's got people in every nation. And let me promise you, in America, most of the people that claim they're saved are not saved. They're not trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. Remember, the Bible says Satan transformed himself as an angel of light. His ministers transformed themselves as ministers of righteousness, showing other ways, deceiving men, making them think they can be righteous through any other avenue than the very death of Jesus and their faith there and there alone. Not that and something we have to do. See, that's the devil. It's always been a remnant. It was, it's always been. It will always be. My friends, if the rapture takes place today, there's going to be a shocked 
amount of people who thought that they were right with God who do not go. And there's where the big lie is going to come in. Part of it, that that couldn't have been the rapture because we're still here. I'm telling you, folks, a lot of people are going to be going in the rapture, but not near the number that we think. Oh, there's going to be devastating things and car crashes, plane crashes, and bus crashes as Christians are in a, uh, all occupations and things are going to just go completely haywire. But not near as many people are going as you think. Those who've trusted, those who remain to trust in the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus Christ, that's who's leaving. That's who's going. That's who's going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody else is going to miss the boat. Even those who were devoutly religious all their life, their daddy, their granddaddy, their great-granddaddy, down through the years, they thought they were sold out to God. But they were sold out to a religion. They were sold out to that which was of Satan, which is anything other than faith in the cross of Christ. Anything other is a trust in self under the influence of that which Satan pushes. Never forget that. And I'm saying that because of where we're at in Romans chapter 9. Because this is what Paul says to the church in Rome. He writes to in verse uh, 6. Not, yeah, well, let's take a second. First, he's told them God has chosen Abraham. He built a nation. He's given them the, the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, <coughs> the promises, the patriarchs, all this stuff. And it's all come to them through the word of God. Watch this now. He says, Not as though the word of God has taken none effect, because they are not all Israel which are of Israel. They are not all the true people of God which are among what appears to be the people of God. You need to understand. And it, again, I don't want to beat this to death, but it's always been that way. It's always been that way. It's that way today in the church. All the people amidst the church is not the church. The Bible says Jesus taught that the tares will grow right along beside the wheat. They're all mixed up together. The tares, oh, the tares, they've got an appearance. They've got a form like they're one of us, but they're not. They're not trusting in the finished work of Christ at Calvary. They might have started out right, but they've thrown that away for something Golden calves, they've thrown that away for these other objects. They've thrown that away. There's tares all among the church. There's tares in the pulpit. There's Read the book of Jude. They've crept in among us. They present that which is not the grace of God, but they use scripture to make it appear like it's factual, like it's real, like it's truth, but it's not truth if it's not tied to Jesus and his work at Calvary alone. He says, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now think about that. The reason he starts talking about Isaac 
and, and causing us to go back and read Genesis 21, and you need to read that whole chapter and, and that whole area of Scripture there because just because you were born of Abraham's loins and you came out of him does not mean that you're a child of the promise that comes through him because God told him the promise would be in Isaac, his son, the seed. Not Ishmael that Abraham rushed with Hagar, his wife Sarah's handmaiden, to try to help God bring the promise. See, God don't need, oh, God don't need no help. As we say it here, God don't need no help. God is all sufficient. He has no need at all, and he don't need any help. We're the only ones that need all the help we can get, and for it to come from him, it's got to come through the promise of Jesus Christ, the giving of his son. And Ishmael, though he came out of Abraham's loins, eventually he had to be cast out. Do you good to go read that story? He had to be cast out because he was a child that represented the way of the flesh. And Abraham had a child that God said the promise would be in his seed Isaac, which typifies the way of the promise, the way of the spirit. The flesh, Ishmael, the spirit. Isaac. The promise was in Isaac, and Abraham was a hundred years old when he had Isaac. Now think about that. And that was so God could show him, you can't do this. I have to be the one that does this. You tried to do it. It was a work of the flesh, Ishmael. Now him and his mother, they've got to be cast out. They can't stay. They are a symbolic of the flesh. Now, I want you to get that. Please go study Genesis 21 and that area of Scripture right there. You will glean so much from the book of Genesis. I mean, really the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote foretell the whole story of redemption. And, and, and even further things than just the redemptive plan of God, but things that will come to pass because of the redemptive plan of God. It's pretty powerful. But the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, really... It's the book of beginnings and endings because God says in Isaiah 46.10 that he made known the end from the beginning. So you can read and study Genesis and see uh, all the way to the very end. Praise God, that's good news, isn't it? He says, verse 7, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. Just because you come out of Abraham's lineage doesn't mean that you're of the promise. He says, but in Isaac shall thy seed be. He says in verse 8, That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Now again, he's talking about that which came out of Abraham's flesh called Ishmael. When, when, when uh, you know, Abraham had been promised a child, and uh, one that would have his inheritance, one that the seed of the Redeemer would flow through, but he was old now, and he thought God needed some help. Well, his wife, you know, she she was barren. She couldn't bear, so it, they were so desperate. Are you desperate today for a move of God? Don't get ahead of God. You'll make things worse. Some of you, some of you, are on the verge, if not already, becoming mad at God. 
And it's because you really don't understand what grace is. If you'll remember the Apostle Paul who cried out, Lord, take this thorn from me. It's, it's unbearable. God, I need you to take this thorn from me. And God spoke to the Apostle Paul and said, my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now, let me tell you something, folks. If that's not good enough for you, and it won't be unless you can turn and see that statement God made to Paul through the light of the cross of Christ because our Jesus was crucified through weakness so that God's strength could be made perfect in him and through him. That's called grace. Remember, Jesus died, tasted death by the grace of God for all men, Hebrews 2, 9. And Jesus had to die through weakness, crucified through weakness, so that God's strength could be made perfect in and through him that we might have the strength of the Lord. Paul looked at what God had told him concerning the grace of God, his strength being made perfect in Paul's weakness. And, and while he was having to deal with this thorn in the flesh, Paul looked at that through Christ and what he did at Calvary. And he began to say, okay, then I'd rather glory right here in my infirmities and all this stuff, even in the midst of this thorn, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Some of you may be on the verge, if not already, mad at God for something that you, he's not doing, that you've been asking him to do. Listen, don't get in the flesh. Don't throw God out. He wants you to look to Calvary. Look to Calvary today. I'm not talking about say the words. I'm talking about believe in your heart that that's where God's grace flows from in Christ and what he did at Calvary, and it'll flow into your life. And even though God today doesn't remove that, that which you thought you wanted, that he, you might want him to remove. And he may later remove, but if he doesn't remove it today, know that you can have the joy of the Lord. You can have the power of Christ resting upon you. You can glory right there in your situation. But if you get mad at God and you, you throw God out and you get in the flesh, you're only going to put some, bring something into your life that makes things a whole lot worse. And that's what Abraham did as well. He thought God needed some help. I'll help God. He got ahead of God. And he, and he, and he, and he lay, he, you know, he, he, he laid with his wife's handmaiden and, and had a son of the flesh of his own makings. See, again, God waited till Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. That was God showing them, this is of the promise. This is beyond what you could do. I have to do this in you and through you. This is a great lesson for us today. God was telling Abraham and Sarah, I have to be the one that does this in you and through you. You can't just run off and go make it happen. There are many churches today in a terrible situation because they have tried to make it work. They have tried to do it. They have left the cross, and I don't care. It may have an appearance, a form of godliness, but as long as it denies the power, and the power is that which God does in and through us through our simple, exclusive faith in his son Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Outside of that, it's just us in the flesh. He says, 
For this, let's read verse 8 again. That is, they which are of the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. The children of the flesh are not the children of God. Think about that. When you're born into this life, you're of the flesh. I, everybody's of the flesh when they're born in this life. They're, we're not the children of God. You've heard that statement before. Well, we're all the children of God. No, there is an exclusive amount of people that are the children of God. They're the ones, not who necessarily, not who go to church, not who read their Bibles, not who do good deeds. Those who are in Christ. Galatians tells us that. We are all the children of God in Christ Jesus. Only those who have placed faith from their heart of who they are. And that's what it means. Not this thing that's pumping blood all throughout your body. The heart of man with your soul and spirit that deep part of you has believed unto righteousness. The work of Christ at Calvary. Think about that. And, and you were immersed into Christ, the body of Christ, the family of God. Romans 6.3, by being immersed into his death at Calvary. Because that's what your faith was in. It's the only legitimate object of faith God has offered humanity. And that's why the first time you trusted in that work, the Holy Spirit placed you in that work. That's where we entered Christ, and we need to remember that. But it, when we were born, we're not, we're not the children of God. We're just, uh, we're part of God's creation. But until we're born again, through simple faith in Christ and his cross, his death alone, without adding to it. Adding to it is a heart statement to God that the cross wasn't enough. I also have to go and do this. The promise of the cross is not enough. I have to get involved. That's what we're reading about Abraham. And everything that we do in the flesh, we will have to drink the bitterness of it. Because whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. Now watch this. That is, verse 8, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Even though they come out of Abraham's lineage, my great, 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 great granddaddy is Abraham, doesn't mean that you're a child of the promise. Just means you came out of Abraham, so did Ishmael. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed as the seed. The children of promise are counted as the seed. The promise is in Isaac. Isaac carried the lineage through which Christ would come. <clears throat> Verse 9, For this is the word, the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, the lineage. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calls. Now we're going to get into this. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. Now, now, let's understand this. God's selection 
of people unto himself is election. Election is of grace. Never forget that. And Jesus, you have, you have, if you're a Bible believer, praise God for you. If you're ch still trusting in what some denominational rules and, and terminology has brought you into, then God forbid that. The Bible says God forbids that we glory in anything but the cross. Galatians 6, 14. That's, oh, that ain't what the Bible says. Paul said God forbid that he glory in anything. Listen, where God brought Paul to, he wants to bring you to, to a place where you begin to declare, I'm determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Oh, hallelujah. That's where God wants to bring you, to a place where you confess with your mouth words that come from your heart by the Spirit of God, that I'm determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified, that God forbids me to boast in anything other than Christ and him crucified. God forbids my boasting in anything other than his son and what his son carried out for me at Calvary. When you get there, my friend, you will shout like never before. There are miracles that will take place there. There are chains that will fall off there. There are healings that will take place there. When you get, when you become focused on Jesus and what he did at Calvary, not what you must be doing wrong, not what you need to go do right, but what Jesus did, that's the work. Hallelujah. It's the only avenue that God moves in, functions through, imparts truth through, saves through, heals, fills through. It's the cross. God forbids that we glory in anything other than the cross of Christ. Come on now, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That'll make a mommy shout right there. Hallelujah. He says, verse 10, and not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one even by our father Isaac, <clears throat> because the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calls. Well, who, who, who was Isaac's kids? Jacob and Esau. Before they were ever born, before they ever had a chance to come forth and do that which was good or evil, anything, they were still in the womb. God had already chose that that would come through Isaac. Already chose it. Now think about that when you start reading about what happened between Jacob and Esau. And the, the, how uh, Jacob did a little deceptive work there to get the promise. Well, let me tell you something. You can't just call it Deception. You can't say that it was, I mean, something was going on of God there. Even in all of that. Because the promise would be in Isaac. And he says here, before them, those children born had done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works. Boy, we need to get that if we don't get anything else. You can't, the only place you can work yourself into spiritually is hell or a mess. <coughs> a mess. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't work your way into triumph. 
You can't work your way out of a bondage. You can't work your way into prosperity, the prosperity of God. You, you, you can't work your way. Jesus did the work, finished the work, and offers you an opportunity to walk out that which is already finished from before the foundation of the world, manifest and declared as finished from Calvary, offers you the opportunity to walk in that which is already finished. Not with a mindset, I've got to finish it, for that tells God it wasn't fit. It was not finished. Now you see that. It's not of works, but of him that calls. Those that hear God calling. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31, 3, that God has drawn us by his loving kindness. All humanity is drawn by the loving kindness of God. All of them. Everybody's being drawn today by God's loving kindness. Now they don't most people don't know what it is that's drawing them, and so they go in all these different avenues. But the Bible Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw how many men? All men. If I if I'm lifted up. Well, he was lifted up before the foundation of the world. So there was a drawing there from the very beginning. But Ephesians 2.13 tells us something profound that only those who have faith in the blood. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.13 that we've been made nigh. We've been brought near. Brought near. Not just being drawn don't mean you're going to come. Being drawn means there's a draw there. There's a pull. There's a tug that all human beings have. But those who are actually coming to God, hearing the call, hearkening to the call, being made near is by the blood. By the blood. Not feelings and emotions. Oh, there must be a God of blood. No, by the blood. Nobody comes near to God except through the blood. Because through the blood gives us that righteous status that allows us to approach Him. Without that, we can't get to God. We can't approach God. We can't pray to God. We can't do anything unless we are crying out to God through faith in the blood. Never forget that. So, he says... It was said unto her, talking about Rebekah, Isaac's wife, the elder shall serve the younger. That was Esau will serve Jacob. Now see, it was already said unto her. So you need to remember this when you go back and read about Jacob and Esau being born, how uh, Jacob put hair on his arm to deceive his, his daddy and all this stuff. You, you, need, you need to remember this, that she had already been spoken to and told, the elder shall serve the younger. So see, Rebecca knew some stuff. The way I like to say it. She knew some stuff. God done spoke to her. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And my friends, that's where we have to stop this week. And Monday morning, we'll jump right into this about God loving Jacob and hating Esau. This is where it gets really good. A lot of controversy. It's not controversial if you're looking at the scriptures through the blood of Jesus. The light turns on. Their confusion is removed 
and the light of God's word shines in the heart of those who have their faith in the living word and what he did at Calvary to make that light, to allow that light to shine into our hearts as the liberating and directional truth that we need to be able to walk in this path, being led of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. The website is thecrosswaychurch.com. Again, that's Curtis Hutchinson 316 for YouTube. And the website is thecrosswaychurch.com. And of course, here on my Pastor Curtis page, uh, if you don't know, I have a Curtis Hutchinson page, and you can ask to be my friend or follow uh, my Pastor Curtis page, subscribe, and follow the YouTube channel. You'll get alerts there as we minister God's Word in the light of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.